Hello, 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 hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. You're tuning in and listening to The Cinematic Odyssey here on U92 The Moose, WWVU FM, Morgantown 91.7 FM. I'm your host, Tristan Rodriguez, alongside with me, Max Clark. We're talking about one of my all-time favorite films, directed by the late and great Edward Yang. His final film in his filmography came out in the year 2000 by the name of A One and a Two, or in its native language, Yi Yi, a uh, masterpiece of life, a celebration of life and art, and, um, you know, describing it as a family drama, fa- family drama in Taiwanese does not um, grasp the full scope of its greatness. It's like if you were to call Citizen Kane a film about the newspaper business, uh, which was somebody, uh, I think it was David Elric, um, critic for the indie wire said um so i'm kind of ripping that off of him but <laughs> i think it's a perfect uh, descriptor of what he has to offer in terms of it as a film and you know personally i think it's a, a top 10 all-time great film and top 10 all-time great of what i've seen in my life so far um there's a lot that seems to occur in it um Basically, it's a it's a family drama that that follows uh, one particular family, um, and more specifically, if it observes the lives of the father and Jay, their son, uh, her son, uh, who's eight, he goes by the name of Yong Yong, and then his daughter, um, who's a high schooler, and she goes by the name of Ting Ting, and then the mother, who we don't really see much of. Because she's off uh, doing something else, uh, but she's she's briefly she briefly makes an appearance near the beginning and the end of the film. But yeah. through the bulk of it, she's not really appearing. And then you see relatives of the of the family uh, here and there as well, and friends um, alongside that. But <laughs> what do you think? I I'm bracing for the worst. I don't know. And I say this, I say this not to be like it was bad or it was great or <laughs> I want I want this movie to be playing nonstop until I die, but I I think that it I think it deserves another chance, but it just was not at all what I was expecting. I'm not gonna I cannot say that it was captivating. Mostly because there are many, many, many extended scenes of just silence. And yes, there is stuff happening in the silence. But I I was not drawn in by that fact. I was not drawn in with the nonverbal communication. That was not a big, big draw for me. Would I would I go back and watch it again? I feel as though not like it's a yes or a no, but I should. Knowing now what I if I knew ne- then what I know now, I would tell myself that it's much more realistic than any other film that I've seen. So it's not I mean they have this conversation back third of the movie ting ting and fatty uh they have that's his nickname i'm not being like super rude 
to one of the characters in this yeah. movie. But uh, one of her friends. Yes. Uh, they had this conversation about the movies not being magical, their life on screen. This feels like life on screen. This feels like they put a documentary crew to follow a family for a year and just check out how they're interacting and behaving. There are many, many shots where you see them from a distance. The interaction mm-hmm. is happening further away from the camera. The, the dialogue still comes through, and you can hear that you know, as though you were present, but it's sort of like you're spectating right real life right. you're not you're not a part of it um i i almost i dare to compare it to uncut gems in the way that uncut gems is again a quite a realistic film it's not movie magic or anything like that mm. but with uncut gems you fall that camera sticks right into the middle of you know the crowded stuff you've got everybody walking right in front uh, it follow it walks and follows you know the character as it goes. It's very very close and personal with each of the characters. This feels like it's giving the characters their space, and we're we're watching kind of like behind a window or you know through binoculars at what life might be, mm-hmm. which is I think the point. I mean, that's what I would go for, especially with Yang Yang taking pictures of everybody, the backs of everybody's head. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 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 was really really sweet. That was I liked that scene. But um, the point of this is this is what life is. Life is not one massive moment that defines everything. It's a bunch of little moments along the way. Yeah. Um, and I think it's uh, accentuated. That point is accentuated, considering it. It tells the perspectives of multiple different stages of life. Yeah, you have childhood, adolescence, adulthood, and then even uh, old age. Oh uh, yeah, like right up until death, mm-hmm. and not really like newborn status cuz i mean as an infant you don't really recollect much you don't really do much you're just kind of no. cared for um and same as uh the grandmother who s- suffers a stroke right as it's pre- yeah suffers a stroke and so she is induced in a coma for x amount of time i don't know how long it was the time isn't really that important it's not specified at least how long this this goes on um in reading about the film afterwards it does take place over the course of a year okay and the the wife goes to like a um after grandma has a stroke mm-hmm. she goes to a, a like a buddhist temple temple yeah, yeah. as a way to like get away from everything mm-hmm. and relax and you know i i would not have thought a year i would have thought maybe a month mm-hmm but what I did really like, I mean, more more so knowing that it was a year that had passed, uh, the fact that this begins with a wedding yep. and ends with, with a funeral. funeral. Yeah, You've got big family gatherings, of course, completely different moods, but <laughs> yep. you've got all the family together at one moment at the beginning. And at the end, kind of just like a reunion type thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, I mean, they're doing other things. They're celebrating marriage. They're mourning the passing 
of grandma, but like, I I love the the mirroring mm. that Yang does there in creating this. Yeah, yeah, because um, everything that happens in between is it. I mean, it is a very simple film. There isn't. It's not like extremely exciting. Nothing. No. Groundbreaking occurs. There's no moments like, oh my gosh, you know. I mean, except for the the murder. Which oh, at is, the end, which it's is a little shocking. It's shocking, but it's never really played to as like an action sequence. It's not played to as a adrenaline or thriller moment. It's just oh. This person that we know is now guilty of murder. <laughs> yeah. Although the oh. detail, the details of the murder were interesting, though. Yeah, I feel like, you know, as the as the reporter explained that, I was like, I should have put that together. I probably should have put that together. Yeah, that the um, the fatty and his girlfriend Lily, because uh, Lily's mom was. Always had different dudes over yep. at their apartment, and one of the guys was Lily's teacher. And uh, I think the at the at the um at a middle at some point in the middle of the film, they have a huge fight. Right, the teacher and Lily's mom. Yes, they have a huge fight. Um, and it's like con. It's Hilariously contrasted with the melancholy and depression of the uh, NJ and his wife, yeah, because because his wife was like cons- like she was going through an existential crisis. She didn't know what you know because at this point, her mom had been in a coma for weeks. Yeah, at this point, and she's just like, I don't know what I'm doing. All I'm doing is just telling her about my day. What I did in the morning, what I did in the afternoon, what I did in the evening, and and she was just tired of it, and she wanted to, you know, reevaluate her life. And it was the same every day. That was that was beautiful. Right yeah. There. Like I mean, it's not not good, but like I I I love how concise it was. We didn't have to go into a three minute monologue about how depressed she was and everything going on, we just mm-hmm. learn, oh, she says, uh, I do the same thing every day. Yep. There needs to be a change. Mm-hmm. And that's when she goes off to the temple. But the 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 editing is pretty funny because immediately after that, you hear screaming and yelling across the apartment mm-hmm. building, literally the same floor. They live right next to each other. And you hear them yelling at each other like fighting angrily, like almost getting violent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I just, I know it's, I know it's serious. I know it's serious, but just the contrast is just a little funny. I mean, yeah. I get, I kind of <laughs> laugh when I see that. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. I laughed too. There was a moment, uh, all the, the family at like the wedding party or whatever, they're, they're fighting. They're, upset because uh oh that yeah old yeah at, yeah at the party yeah. and then the camera just turns and nj's yeah, standing. And just standing there <laughs> <laughs> and he's like well uh i came at the wrong time he's like holding isn't he like holding a present or something yeah, he's, he's holding just, a gift he's just chilling in the door yeah 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 because uh well i guess we'll kind of get into that so the the beginning of the film starts at a wedding with 
Okay, let me. Okay, we let need to get our names. names. We need names because there's a lot of there's a lot of roles in this film. Although not as many as Brighter Silver Day, which and, is another one of Yang's masterpieces, um, a film that I hold near and dear to my heart, such as this one. Uh, that one's four hours long, and it is similar in the in the respect about it, you know it kind of follows life, but it's more focused in terms of okay, it, it talks about or uh, he he uh, examines the socio political uh, climate in Taiwan during the sixties. Uh, specifically from the perspective of the adolescent youth at that time and how they were struggling to find an identity. Um, and so one avenue of that was through gangs and through violence. Yeah. Um, and that film has over 100 speaking roles. Jeez. Yeah, it's massive. film's fantastic as well. Uh, Min 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 is her name. Min Min. I know, I know, we're, I know we're butchering all these pronunciations. Cause Grandma? No, she's the she's the mother oh, of the family. Oh gosh, the grandmother is. They all say their names. Grandma, at least. it's grandma. She's yeah. grandma. They all say their names at least once. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, this is a nearly three-hour movie, and there are there's, many people. There's a lot of people. So you got NJ, the father, Min Min, the mother, Ting Ting, the daughter, Yang, the son, and then Adi. Is Min Min's brother who gets married? Who gets married at the beginning of the film to Xiao Hyun, or Xiao Yun, or however you say your name. Uh, I believe, right? Or Yun Yun. Yun no, was you... the ex-lover. Who, no, like, no, no, no. Bailed him out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yun Yun. Okay, yeah. Yun Yun was the ex-girlfriend of Adi, and then Xiao Yun is the wife of Adi. Um, and then there's a grandma, and then there's another character that gets involved with NJ. Her her, her name is Sherry, but we'll get to her when we get to her. But as far as the film begins, uh, yeah, you have the wedding, and uh, Adi is getting married to Xiao Yun, and um, Yunyun shows up to the, like the reception area. And she causes a ruckus because she she confronts she tells uh, Adi's mother, the grandma, how she failed her fa- how she failed the family or their family, and you know she should have been the one getting married to Adi, and yep. this whole thing breaks out, and uh, you know the grandma gets she doesn't really say, she doesn't have any lines. I don't think she says anything. I think she, she I don't know if she does at the end or not. Um, or maybe she does at the end, but. But either way, she doesn't really say much. She's just kind of there, and then she doesn't feel well. So yeah. uh, NJ and Ting Ting take her back to the apartment um, to let her rest. Um, and then, yeah, the wedding occurs. It's a success. Um, I mean, they get married. Yeah, they get married. <laughs> but NJ runs into his old lover. Sherry. Sherry. Not the Jersey Boy song. Um, and, you know, you could immediately tell the way that they looked at each other that there was like, okay, these guys, these these folks were serious back then, were really serious. <laughs> and something bad happened between them. And, uh, you know, we learned that eventually what actually occurred, why they never got married and had kids and whatnot, um, which is, I mean... 
I completely understand NJ's reasoning as to why he was so upset because basically, basically what occurred um, when they were, I presume, in college at this time, um, NJ was kind of forced by her, Sherry, and then his parents to get a degree in engineering, and yep. he, he that was not something he wanted to do. He wanted to be a businessman of some sort, which he which is his current occupation in the film. Yeah, he is a he is like an executive at some, some development company. Yeah, some like technology technology corporation yep. or whatever. I don't know. It's not very clear, but yeah, he's an executive there, and it's not doing well. It's it's kind of they they have been in the dumps as of recently, and they need to you know impress the board of directors because uh, their jobs are on the line. Him yeah. and his team, essentially. Which, most of his team, like, the his colleagues are, like, school friends, friends from school. A lot of a lot of the people's friends are all uh, old friends from school. So that's kind of a thing that uh, occurs throughout the film uh, with the people you they meet, uh, you, that you meet on the film. But, um, yeah, so NG ha- NJ has... a a fairly valid reason as to why he didn't go with Sherry at the end. Um, Cause Sherry, Sherry, as she makes it abundantly clear that um, she was waiting for NJ yeah. to return to, to her. Um, Cause she couldn't live without him essentially. That is from all that I remember about their conversation about their life. They, it didn't seem, I guess, like they went out much. Yeah, sure, he stared at her from primary school to high school, but they never interacted. After that, they interacted. They might have gone out, but obviously, NJ was was happy enough, or I guess, valuing what he wanted over what the others wanted, his Mm -hmm. parents and... Sherry in becoming an engineer and so is was so willing to split from that relationship and go into the field that he wanted to go into yeah and leave that kind of safe haven right of support Mm -hmm. and I mean what I I really like is that NJ is an honest person by nature yeah NJ we we have no we I mean Obviously, we have no reason not to trust any character in the film, but it's explicitly stated that NJ is honest and good and that him lying to a, a business partner to try and get a deal done would be more authentic because he is a good man, therefore people trust him, therefore uh, people will believe him when he says something that isn't true but it's something he can't do he, he right. himself cannot t- he cannot bring himself to lie to people that's just not in his nature and that happens with uh it's rodney right mr ota uh no rodney is um sherry's husband i thought they were the same guy no 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 no. mr ota is the japanese businessman that yeah. nj meets up with in tokyo or somewhere in japan i i guess i was i guess i was confused because he was with Sherry in Tokyo as well. And no, he so was. The three of, so the three of them together in Tokyo, I'm thinking, oh, that's Sherry's husband. That works out. Mm-mm. 
I, I'm like, oh, that's a nice, nice, easy connection. No, Boom. Perfect. No, because Ota comes to Taiwan to have like a like a meeting with uh, NJ and his like team about the uh, a business proposal, like a plan to work together. Yeah. And then NJ goes to Japan to talk to further those talks, essentially. Yes. Um, but Ota, Ota knows that he can sense that NJ is of the he he can't lie, and you know Ota has basically the same. He's the same way. Yeah. Um, and they're like, you know that that blossoms into something that could be nice for both of them, beneficial at the end of it. But as you uh, quickly learn, that doesn't end up being the case because nope. NJ's uh, colleagues go behind his back and do the complete opposite of what should have happened. <laughs> they work with a discounter, and the discounter... A copycat. Yes. And it, it's inferior quality. It's inferior everything. Yeah. And, you know, we... we they're, we t- we're told it bites them in the butt big time. Yeah. It, it backfires strongly. Yep. And so, you know, it's like, oh, a little lesson. You know, it pays to be good and honest person. It pays to not go back on your deals. It pays to, like, you know, be honest and trustworthy. But it's this isn't the kind of film that is there to teach us a lesson. It's not the kind of film mm. where there's a protagonist and they go on a journey and they learn yeah. something about themselves. This is sort of just... It's just philosophical about lives that we live. Yeah, and you know that's what I love so much about it is the way that Yang weaves all those three different you know perspectives uh, of life, you know, adulthood, childhood, adolescence, and how he weaves those three together to create this grand portrait of life. Um, which, I mean, on its surface may seem easy. You know, oh, just pick up a camera and film people, right? Which, I mean, yeah, sure you could do that. But, I mean, it's not going to work out as well as you m- may think. Exactly. Um, it requires, some, something like this requires uh, an artist who really knows what they're doing and is very confident in what they're doing because it's long, it is slow, and yes, you can argue it is boring, but for me, I am enraptured every single second while I watch this thing. And I've seen this four times now. This is my fourth time watching this film. Mm-hmm. I saw it for the first time in 2021. Um, I don't think I saw it at all last year. Oh, no, I did. I did. I saw it once. Um, but, yeah, this... I... It captures a, a specific type of feeling um, with regards to, like, not really nostalgia, but, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I would have to write this down because yeah. trying to, like, spit it out is hard and, like, coming up on with it on the spot. Um, but it captures a, a very specific type of f- feeling um, that I don't really get with, anything else other than a brighter summer day um and the way that his style it directorially uh and the cinematography which i know you mentioned you wanted to talk about oh yeah um 
and editing and the the performances. It's very, it's very down to earth and very um, wow. That sounded echoey there. <laughs> it's very, it's very down to earth, subtle, and just very humble. It's an extremely humble film. Yeah, I don't think there there's no there's no hint of pretentiousness uh, anywhere to be seen. Uh, at least I don't think. No. Um. I w- go for it. No, were you, were you saying that? No. Um, I don't think uh, Edward, he was, when he was making this, was thinking, oh, yeah, dude, I'm going to I'm gonna make everybody be like, oh, yes, I'm the smartest man in the world. I'm a genius, which he is. He is a genius, I will say. I will go on record. Edward Yang is, in fact, a genius for making this and writing for everybody. Um, <laughs> those two films alone. But... um. I don't know. I just, from a filmmaking perspective, it is an incredibly ambitious uh, feat, I think. Again, while on its surface, it seems very simple, which it is a simple film. um, But what he accomplishes is something that not many people can do. Um, And then also just watching it from like how I feel after watching it, I feel so... It's so life affirming, I think. It's not a very I don't think it's a depressing film. Um I think it's a very uplifting film about how to, you know, w- the way you change your perspective on how you live your life or how you see life and people around you, you know? Um and like seeing others struggle through things that you may relate to, things you may not relate to. Because, I mean, there are some things that I do relate to. I don't relate to, obviously, everything that uh, the characters go through. But just watching them live their lives in this, pure, in this like, small period, this window that we do see it uh, in the film is, is extremely beautiful. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a gorgeous film by that uh, metric. Um, I mean, it looks fantastic as well, like, the shots and stuff. I think it's a, a great looking film, but in terms of its uh, content and so itself is uh, a very affirming and, and beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I have to go in and say, if I've got a knock on this film, it's that because it span, I mean, and I think part of this too comes from the state of mind that I was in when I watched this and why I think it deserves another chance, not mm-hmm. just because it's one of your favorites, but because you you speak so highly of it. We can I can notice these things in hindsight, but it would be nice to experience it all with like a clear head and a, a rational mind, you know, all at the same time. Yeah, because... Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but, no, no. Continue, continue. But what, what I'm... I came into this expecting you know a movie not a doc like a a a documentary style not it's not documentary style that's the wrong it's a narrative uh, word it is a narrative film but it it i was expecting more of you know heroes hero's journey kind of thing and not philosophical life stuff (laughs) (laughs) so I'm, i'm i'm starting looking at the wrong things and I were introduced to a ton of characters immediately. And it's hard to pick, you know, okay, 
what are we getting behind here? What do we care about? Who am I supposed to care about? Why are we looking at this? Like mm-hmm. to, you know, film that I can I can get behind um, Japan, Japanese, drive my car. Yeah. We spend the first 40 minutes of that movie learning to meet um, Kafuku, who's the, the lead. We, we we learn about him. We understand what he's what he's going through. We we get a look at what his life is like, and then the rest of everything happens to him. Right. This it opens with the wedding. It opens with meeting Grandma and NJ and Ting Ting and uh, Adi and everybody at the same time, and just kind of going going for it, which is first of all a lot on a first time watcher. Because you're going to be hit with a lot of names. Yeah. This is my first uh, Taiwanese film that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a it's an unfamiliar sounding a sound of language. Um, there there is a lot to get used to there. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I wasn't in the in the greatest frame of mind watching it. I wasn't fully focused on the screen. Yeah. And so I think that that does take away some of what I was able to get from it. Like I I I think I was able to still appreciate it enough to mm-hmm. say hey, I I would go back and see it again, but yeah. like my first experience was not at all what I was expecting. And mm-hmm. that is not a bad thing. Yeah. But it is different. Yeah. And I think if you're going to watch this, you need to know that it is different. Right. It's not like, well, I can't say that. It, uh, it's not your basic hero's journey. It's not, we, we were introduced to our protagonist, mm-hmm. something disrupts them, and they have to find the way to write that stasis and find stasis in their life. Right. This is stasis. And it's merely examining how each character adjusts to that baseline plane existence because i'm i'm almost gonna say this is like i feel this is the wrong word because there is action that takes place there is development there is learning there is thought but it is a mundane film in that there's i can't you can't pinpoint a high point physically there is not there's no chase there's no massive fight between everybody in which everyone's greatest insecurities are bared for each other it's just emotional development it's learning how to live each day better than the one before there is no oscar winning speech or monologue that you know stirs the crowd in some way and speaks to the theme of the film. There is none of that. Mm-mm. It is ordinary. And I think that that is where the beauty lies. Yeah. It is very plain. Yes, it allows you to look at life not in the most remarkable days of somebody's life, but in some of the just some of the days. Yeah. Yeah. The everyday quandaries of life is the summary description of it. Oh, really? On, on Letterboxd. Ha ha. Yeah. 
See, I'm onto something. I didn't yeah. even read that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I mean, with that that uh, little dialogue we mentioned in the beginning about with uh, Fatih and um, Ting Ting yep. when they were talking about movies and how movies are a way to live life two times as much yes. as normally, as normal as we do, because he he brings up the example of, you know, we're not murderers, but in the movies, we see that occur. Um, I mean, he says that, you know, through that, we experience what murdering somebody is like, which obviously, we, I mean, through cinema, you really can't capture that feeling Yeah, for, for an audience member. But you know what I mean? Um, you could try as hard as you can, which I'm sure there's been films out there that, uh, you know, try their, their hardest to capture that feeling. But yeah. you know what I mean? Um well, I mean, I think maybe maybe Fatty was just inspired by that film, and so he decided to go out and see what that feeling really was like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like this, this, this film, Yee doesn't. It kind of it it puts that on its throws that out of whack. I think it just kind of throws that idea out the window and is like, you know what? No, there is this this thing we call life, this thing we call art, and the relationship between the two is, um, it's much closer than we might think. Yeah. I think is what, uh, Edward was trying to going for, or going for, I mean, among other things as well, but, uh, this is like a perfect example of art imitating life, or just art being life, or, you know, or life being art. In this in this specific instance, this is realism at its finest. Yeah, um, and it's not it's not like sterile or pristine any in no. any way. It's it's not um, um, omitting things just so it's like you know it looks good or it's cleaner. It doesn't do what we do when we have company over, which is oh we got to put all the mail aside, we got to hide, we got to clean up the counter. Um, now I don't I don't know if this is a common experience to anybody, but if somebody was to come over and clean your house, don't you do a little bit of pre cleaning mm-hmm. before they get there? Yeah, yeah. So it's not a there disaster. is there is none of that. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, of course, no one no one is going in to clean, but we we see like their stuff as it is, not as they'd like everybody else to see it. But it's that idea. It's that like. It's life as it is, um, you know, as it goes, and it goes. It shows the ugly and it shows the beautiful. Yeah. In 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 full frame, you know, there is no holding back on any of that, because you see the good parts, you see the bad parts of you know each of their lives with young young young. It's like he gets bullied a lot, um, and then he has those brief moments of like pure wisdom. He mm. just those those nuggets of wisdom that he spits out beautiful. Because uh, in the begin, like in nor- uh, near the beginning of the film, when he talks to his dad, and he's like, "Dad, do we only see half of the truth?" Because he he said. Then he continues, and he's, you know, we can't see behind us. We can only see what's in front of us. And I I always when I hear that, I'm like, wow. That I mean, that's such a it's such a profound question. Yeah, he he does not speak much. 
Yang Yang does. Yeah, no. He, uh, he, he every so often he drops in the occasional really nice bit of dialogue. Mm. I I had this. I'm gonna call it an, an intrusive thought because it doesn't quite match up. Mm. But I'll be completely honest. About halfway through, I was thinking, okay, this is just waiting for Godot. But an analy- analysis of life. Waiting for Godot, famously Samuel Beckett, is the play in which nothing happens twice. The first act features Vladimir and Estragon waiting beneath a tree for a guy called Godot. <laughs> and they are then told he will not be coming today. He will be back here tomorrow. So come <laughs> back here tomorrow. And then, you know, that we, 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 we see the second act. It's the same guys, same tree, same spot. It's not clear if it's tomorrow or not. Uh-huh. But they're waiting at the same tree. And then at the end, a little boy comes. Says, hey, Godot's not coming. If you come back here tomorrow, uh, he'll be here. And it it almost felt like that because it feels like nothing's happening. It doesn't feel like a movie that I've seen before. Mm-mm. It feels like nothing's happening. It feels like nothing is developing because we're, we as people who watch movies are used to the grand scale. Yeah. We're used to the massive wars. We're used to the high points, the most important points in people's lives. Divorce, marriage, love, um, the best and the worst, death. Um, you know, Sweeney Todd is not about Sweeney Todd's trips overseas for 20 years or chilling in the penal colony in Australia. <laughs> it's about the murder spree he goes on back in London. Uh it's about the exciting part. It's about the most interesting part. It's about the most, uh, dr- I, I'm going to say dramatic. Mm-hmm. This is not that dramatic of a film. No. There are, there are, it's just the everyday, which is, I think is pretty cool. And it's not nothing. It's something. No, to be, yeah. To be completely clear, it's something. But it might feel like nothing if, like me, Focus starts to dip. Yeah, and I think... uh, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's definitely easy to... Fall into that that kind of mode when you're watching this. Where it's like, okay, what's next? Uh, What's next? Uh, Is this going to pick up at any point? Like, Like, this is not a film where you... You come into that. You you don't you don't approach this film with that mindset. You must like with life because life is long. It's it's a very long thing, you know that we all experience um, longer than others, shorter for some, you know that kind of thing. But this this film it it quite literally is life in in condensed in three hours. Um, which is like the main reason why I love it so much. Um, and how it it's so unconventional in that manner, ner- uh, narratively speaking, and th- how it kind of sub sub uh, it's a subversion of our expectations as a, as an audience. You know, when it comes to watching film and looking at art, you know, listening to music or you know watching. Uh, 
television series or whatever, or looking at a painting, you know, whatever it may be, reading a book. Yeah. It's, there aren't, um, in the, in this film, there aren't, it's, it's not like your traditional narrative structure. Uh, there's no, uh, climax in this. Right. There's no resolution. There's no, like in life, you know, things occur, whether that be in your control or not. You know, things will occur. You'll experience things. You'll meet people. Uh, you'll have relationships. You'll develop those relationships. They might end horribly. They might end fantastically. You yeah. know, through and through those things, you you either can control those uh, outcomes or not. And this film beautifully, beautifully uh, displays that um, with such a, a masterful um, and confident like way. Yeah. And I want to bring up just a few the pieces of media that I I personally noticed throughout the um, film, just that I think is is stirring towards the ordinary. I suppose. Mm. Um, the first is there is a scene early on, first probably thirty minutes of the film, where Ting Ting, the daughter, is playing the piano, and. I mentioned this first just because it's my least strong bit of evidence because I am not 100% certain that this is, in fact, the song that she is playing. Mm -hmm. But it sounded to me like Summertime from Porgy and Bess. Uh, It sounded like that. It's the opening number to Porgy and Bess, 1930s folk opera written by the Gershwin brothers in which it's essentially a story of love, but it's pretty much life. Porgy... A crippled street beggar yep. is trying to win and save Bess, mm-hmm. who sings uh, Summertime, yep. from her abusive lover and her drug dealer. Just kind of swooping in. I have not seen the show, I should say, but that's a look at life. It's not my strongest bit of evidence. Also because I'm not 100%, but I, I just kind of threw the melody mm-hmm. over it over it, and it sounded very similar. Okay. So that, that, that's my pit. My, the, the other thing that I noticed was on the wall, because we see this shot a lot during the later stages of the film, we see, the, we see some albums hanging on the wall, mm-hmm. uh, one of whom I was able to recognize very, very easily. It's the Beatles, Hard Day's Night. Which I think makes the most sense. If you're going to pick a Beatles album that reflects life, you're not going to pick Yellow Submarine. Nope. You're not going to pick the Magical Mystery Tour. Nope. You can't pick like Revolver or anything fueled by drugs. or You can't pick Abbey Road from back in the, in the later stages. You got to pick something that talks about that's a little bit more down to earth. Mm-hmm. And I think that does it very well. And you said you saw a Bob Dylan one. Yeah, there on the was wall? a uh, there was a picture of Bob Dylan, like a portrait, like of his face, like a headshot. Solid. On at the end of the hallway. Oh. When they did the the like wide shot of um, 
from the perspective of the the uh, the master bedroom mm-hmm. down the hall at the end of the hall is a picture of Bob Dylan. Ooh, yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, because NJ is a music he's a music nerd. There we go. He's a music guy. There we go. Yeah. And then I wanna I wanna remark again because it it wasn't a best picture winner at Cannes or anywhere else. Mm-mm. It wasn't like the film, but the direction received a lot of acclaim. And Edward Yang won Best Director at Con that year, mm-hmm. the year that this came out, which is like 2000 mm-hmm. or whatever year after when the awards were held, when this debuted, he won Best Director. That's the point. But the 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 shots that he uses are not the conventional everyday shots in which okay we're in the scene okay we see the two people talking oh close it on one person talking switch to the other person switch to them back when they stop talking we're gonna go back and forth and back and forth and you're gonna get whiplash just going back and forth between everybody he stages the camera in such a way that you can see the entire room you can see the people in it they if they move which they don't all the time but you get to see the entire thing unfold and take place yep you're watching it's like they i mean it's you are right behind the fourth wall just looking in Mm -hmm. it's like the fourth wall was made of glass and you're peeking in and there's a shot late in the film that i loved so much because my mind kind of lit up with a bunch of possibility right there um we the camera is outside the bedroom window of nj and he's asleep in bed, alone, because Min Min, his wife, is still off in the Buddhist temple. But Ting Ting is at the bedside with him. And we're looking in. It's dark outside. We can see the two of them in the bedroom. Lights on in there. And we can see the outside of the building. We can see the facade of the building as well. So we've got that idea. Okay, we're not in the room. We're looking in. But my mind had that thought of we could move in any direction. We could move up because they li- they live in an, in, a, in an apartment building. Yep. To be clear, we could move up, down to the left or to the right, find a different window, and get a completely different story. Yep. And because th- I think that was the shot that helped me get the point of what Yang was trying to do mm-hmm. with this, because. It's not. We're not supposed to be invested. I mean, we're supposed to. I think we're supposed to empathize with these characters because they are characters. But we're supposed to see our day to day lives through this. And it's just sort of we're looking in and we're just watching somebody else live for a minute. Mm-hmm. Not you know save the world. Just watching somebody else live. Yeah. Which was I thought that was. Just an absolutely brilliant move. Yeah, because there's a lot of shots like that where they're outside of the space that the characters are talking in or there's something happening and there's a shot of the window of, of the reflection or something. Yep. Um, the, one I, the one I always remember is when Sherry is crying after the last like conversation that she has with NJ in yeah. her hotel room. And you see, I mean, she's she's kind of hard to pick out because of like the lighting, but yeah. you mostly see um, that like 
that tower in Tokyo or wherever it is, Osaka. I don't even know what it is. It's probably in Tokyo. The one that looks like the the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at the end, and she's crying. You hear you hear everything, but it's hard to see exactly what's happening. So right. like, but it's still outside of her room. Right. It's from you're looking inside the window. Yeah. But again, that same principle like is there. There's a scene at the hospital where. I mean, he could just put the camera looking down the hallway to see like NJ and the doctor talking and then like in the back, Adi, and he's got mm-hmm. some friends there, I think. But um, he doesn't put it just straight down the hallway. This He's looking in the windows. He, he tilts it to the opposite direction and we yep. see the windows and it's the reflection of NJ and Adi and everybody having these conversations down the hall, yep. not just staring right at them, mm-hmm. because I, I I think that <laughs> I have a lot more appreciation for that shot at the I moment. Th- I think uh, I think what I think what Edward was like. There's I can't just focus on this one conversation because again, it's more than you know. Life is just more than what that particular perspective is. Let me put it here so you can see what's going on in the background because. Traditionally, you would see right like a medium shot or a close up of the just the two characters talking, and then stuff's happening in the background. But that's not really that's not really the focal point. Extras versus part of the story. The, they right, they are right. part of the story. Yeah. They are in focus just as much as the leads. Mm-hmm. And I think it's another thing. I think if I I'm gonna I'm gonna make a leap here and say that he's judging how we are viewing this movie. Because we're watching the reflection of life. The camera here is recording life through the reflection of the window. Yep. I think that's just a really clever way to do that. that I mean, brilliant, yeah, brilliant, brilliant direction. Yeah. He does that in uh, Brighter Summer Day as well. Um, just not as prevalently because there's not many windows in that film. Um, but he, do- he actually does a reflection of a conversation from a door. Yeah, like the faint reflections of a door. <laughs> yeah, he films that. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Not I. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's kind of his. That's kind of his little little motif there. Um. But yeah, man, I just God, I love this film. It's so good. The ending always gets me, man. Oh yeah, that the was very sweet. So powerful. God, I love it. Like Yang 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 Yang. Oh, up. this character. This this shot. This shot. That's exactly what yeah, I'm talking shot. about. I love it so much. Mm. We just found it. <laughs> We've been scrolling for yeah. a few 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 minutes. Yeah, 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 there it is. But uh, it's gorgeous. It's about two and a half hours into the film, but the ending. I mean, I'll be completely honest. That came out of nowhere for me. Uh, did, yeah, uh, Yang did, Yang's entire speech. Well, that and nowhere. That and then even before that, when Ting Ting returns from school and she sees that her his her grandmother is awake and like conscious and is yeah up from her coma, and she's making origami, and then because because throughout the whole film, Ting Ting is struggling with this guilt. Um, because she feels that the reason why her grandma even got in the coma was because of her fault, because she didn't throw out the trash, and and then grandma went to do it yeah, for her, yeah, and then collapsed, yeah, 
So Ting Ting was basically not getting any sleep because she had felt horrible for what she did or didn't do, I guess in this case. But and she was she she would always sneak into her grandma's room to tell her like, "If you forgive me, wake up." Yes. Um, and it's like, damn, that's so that's so depressing. <laughs> of course, she passes moment like moments later in the film. But yeah, like yeah. days, but. No, the same day she dies. The same day? Well, uh, then that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That she sees her and she's like, yeah. "Wow, I love that." I get, I, I'm, I feel relieved. Yeah, but the way, like the way she, she doesn't really react to seeing her, um, her grandmother awake. She's just like, "Oh, she's awake." I mean, I think it's, it's much more subtle. It doesn't have to be a jumping for joy. No, that's true. It's I think it's sort of a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you get Ting Ting. She's been building this up for you know we've been she's been dealing with this for two and a half two hours forty five minutes at this point. Yep, or at least movie time. You know the entire pretty much the entire movie. Grandma's in a coma. Yes, and Ting Ting is thinking, oh my god, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. She cannot die. It cannot be my fault. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be my fault. I don't want to be the one that killed grandma. All that stuff. She gets that breath. She gets that relief and she falls asleep in her lap. And I, I it's so, that's so sweet. That's yeah. so fortunate. Yeah. I would say. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Then she, the grandma does die though. Um, like to, like a minute later. Yes, <laughs> very soon. The whole, after. the whole family rolls in. Um. Yeah, and then the mo- um, the mom comes back. Who again? We don't really see much of. Um, she just kind of well, she's at the Buddhist temple, Min Min, and you know, talking about her experience there and. And how she's kind of, I don't know, she seems a little bit more optimistic about what's to come. Yeah. Um, She seems a little bit more relieved, not as stressed out, not as existential. (laughs) Um, Zen. She she comes to, you know, to terms with her life and what's going on with her family. Yeah. and things work out, and you know, yeah, things work out with Adi and like his his debt to NJ, who he has he has debt to, yeah, because he borrowed money from MJ, and there was a whole little subplot about how Adi was getting ripped off. I mean, let's let's be real here. There are a lot of subplots. Duh, there are a lot of subplots, which but would take of, us forever to talk about all of them. But but I'm of glad course. We did it. Of course there's a lot of subplots cuz I've got subplots with literally everybody that I know. Yeah. When I whenever I'm walking down the street and I see Tristan, which hasn't hasn't really happened yet because we our our interactions are planned. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. like if I'm walking down the street and I see Tristan, we've got something to talk about. Oh, there's a thread there. Oh, we do this cinematic odyssey that you're hopefully listening to right now. Yeah. Hopefully you're yeah, enjoying you better it. Yeah, be listening to it. And watch Yee. Yeah. After this, or before, or, or whatever, fo- or follow us on odyssey.of.cinema yeah, to see too. all of our reactions to the upcoming Oscars, Oscar stuff. How fun! Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but you know, if I run down and I see a teacher that I had last semester, mm. 
there's a there's a through line there. I've talked with that teacher about another play or something like that. Oh, this is the person that I was in a performance with. Okay, we're going to talk about this. Oh, I went on a vacation with this person when I was six. Therefore, we're friends because we were uh, friends at the time. And, you know, everyone's mm. got that. Th- those You've got eight million subplots with every person you've ever met in your life. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. movies focus on one, maybe two. This imagine this just sprawls it out. Yeah. Like imagine like a Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> I know, hard. Just take take deal with me here. Imagine a Fast and the Furious movie, but instead of like one through line, one plot, maybe a B plot, we deal with every character that, you know, Vin Diesel's ever dealt with in his life. <laughs> that would be a I think they'd still be filming, actually. <laughs> There would not be 10. There would not be 10 of those. There oh, would be man. one, and it would still be in production. Although, for the record, I do love the first one because of the cars. Because of the cars. Because of the cars. That's right. That's right. Although, it is the the uh, the naming of the race competition that they had in the, in the film is uh, Deny Each Well. Or Deny Each Well even then. They call it Race Wars. <laughs> oh, Ah yes, and then abandoned like airport, airport or whatever. But anyways, that's that's not what we're talking about. No, it's not. (laughs) Um, but it's it's cool because I feel like we've said this eight million times this episode. But that's life. mm -hmm. Frank Sinatra probably. See, there we go. I'm getting my references in today. (laughs) I'm I've got like five. I'm doing fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> oh but yeah that that final speech from yang yang was just so oh my gosh it's so beautiful man it's so beautiful his i don't know i don't know who's my favorite character probably him yeah no I, it, it kind of has to be in my opinion he's just god he's just such a he's so innocent but like he knows he just is so knowledgeable and very wise beyond his years. Yeah. Um, like just that comment he said, "Do can we only know half the truth?" Like that question. It just, I'm, his character is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, we we don't really see much of him, but I I just love his character. Yeah, so much. I mean, I think I came into this with the wrong impression too, because I was under the impression it was a father and son story, not a family story. Mm. Or at least that the father and son would be the family. And then they introduce the daughter, and I'm like, wait. Why are we seeing the daughter? I thought this was a father, father-son father thing. <laughs> oh, oh, it's it's a family thing. No, okay, no. it's about family. I no. guess that's where this and, this and Fast and the Furious have something in common. Because no. it's about family. Yeah, it's about love familia. But, you know, Yang Yang's speech at the end is beautiful. So great. Yeah, and, you know, if you watch no other scene, you should look that up on YouTube. Uh, I think, I mean, with context, it's so much better. With con, you know, that, that's 100% <laughs> true. With context, it's so much better, but, like, it's just a smart, it's a well-written speech. Yeah. It's always, very good. Always reduces me to tears every time I watch it. Um, God, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Caught me out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Uh, although, I will say, the, f- oh, I saw, I saw Brighter Summer Day before I saw Yee Yee. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I still have to see Terrorizers and then um, Taipei 101. Or not Taipei 101. Yeah, is it Taipei 101? No. He has three other films. Anyway. There's there's four other films that he has that I need to see. And I've seen two of his like most acclaimed works. Brighter Summer Day. Uh, I know Mahjong. 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 Or Taipei Story. Taipei Story, Terrorizers, um, a, a Confucian, Confusion, and that, that Day on the Beach. Those are the four other films I need to see. Or five. 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 Would it be safe to say that Edward Yang ranks in your top directors of all oh, time? Oh, easily. Just from these two films alone, he is my top three. I'd say... My second favorite filmmaker of all time. Behind? Just below Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Yeah. And who's number three? Probably Paul Thomas Anderson. I was th- I was wondering where he was going to pop up. Yeah, PTA. Yeah. But just from these two films alone, I love these so, so much. Yeah. So much. Um, yeah, I definitely need to watch his other stuff, but I know I'm going to like those a lot. Um. Because Terrorizers, as far as I've heard, is similar to this, but instead of just one family, it does a lot of different people. So it's kind of um, anth- and like an anthology. Yeah. Anthology film. And then Mahong is like a crime drama heist film, I think. Ooh. Yeah, so I need to see that. It'd be um, interesting to see how that um, fits in with all the uh, philosophical... Yeah. Work yeah. that he's put out. Because when I saw A Brighter Summer Day for the first time many years ago, I was one, I was like, I kind of held off on, on on watching it for a while because of its length. It's four hours long. I think that's the longest film I've seen in my life. Um, Aside from like documentary series or yeah. whatever. Um, just in one sitting. And I watched it for the first time and I was like, Okay, I can see why people say this is great, but I don't, it's not clicking with me. And then I watched it for the second time, and I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Edward Yang, you are a genius. And then I saw Yi Yi, and I loved it immediately. I was like, wow, this is incredible. I don't, just so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Bright, yeah, bright like, these films are, cr- his his works are criminally underrated. He is he's like so under the radar. It's uh, it's sad. It's it saddens me. It's so sad that him his filmography is just like kind of nope, not many people know about him. Word. I really don't know what else I can add to that. I mean, I'm not as well seen as Tristan. So, <laughs> you know, I I'm well, kind of just I'm I'm kind of just I will agree Probably that, like, you know, I had never heard of this guy before last week. Well, even within the film community, he's kind of, like, overlooked. Shunted. I think it's because of, I think it's probably because of, uh, he's, the Taiwanese film, like, movement, like, the Taiwanese new wave Mm -hmm. isn't that well-renowned or known. And he's like the one filmmaker. I mean, there's others. He's not the only one, obviously, but he's probably the best. Yeah. Um. But 
yeah, he's criminally underrated. This Edward Yang, he needs he needs his he needs his flowers. There we go. And he's dead. He passed away shortly after Yee Yee came out. That was his last film he made. Sad. Yeah, Good may way he, to may he rest in peace though. So his last chronological film or scene shot was a funeral. That's, I know, that's crazy, crazy, huh? crazy how that works. Crazy how that works. That's life. That's life. <laughs> I was about to start singing, and then I realized they didn't have horn. We didn't have a horn section behind me, so it really didn't matter much <laughs> for any of you guys. Oh my so, lord! Sorry, everybody. Oh my lord! Oh man, we even pick a movie for next week. Well, I have an idea. Okay. And it's kind of just because if I don't if I don't say it here, I mean, it's your pick. It won't it won't get the recognition. It's your pick for this week or next week, I should say. I'm going to head down. You know, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. So I'm excited for it. Do you think I've seen it? Have I, seen I it? don't think so either. I'm going to go with another foreign film. We're just moving slightly. I don't know where. Yeah, I think we're moving slightly northeast. We're going to Korea. Okay. We're going with Park Chan-wook's decision to leave. Oh, the film that got snubbed. Oh, sorry for the echo there. That was Dang. Loud. That was passion right there, that everybody. Got snubbed hard at the Oscars, dude. The Academy voters need to... I think, I think that's why I'm, I'm bringing it up because, you know, if we're not going to talk about it come Oscar award episode and Oscar season and all Bro, that stuff... I can't believe it. It's time we had an episode I for it. I don't get a single nomination. It's a great question. I don't get a single nomination. We'll have to find oh, out. Oh, with RRR... I was they reading. didn't submit it, didn't yeah. they? India, India doesn't really respect uh, that that uh, region of filmmaking, apparently. <laughs> they they more or less focus on like Bollywood and stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, I know, right? That sucks. That sucks. Yeah. That's... I'm so disappointed. Yeah, I know. Because that, that, that deserves to get nominated more than just the original song. Agreed. Which it should win. Hopefully that song that song slap not to not to we get to see it performed really is it getting performed they, there? they've been performing all of the original song nominees in the ceremony so oh. hopefully we get the actors dancing on stage that would be awesome yeah that would be cool that would be a lot but um yeah okay decision to leave Park Chan is that even can we even watch that or yeah I mean. It's like, Don't tell me it's like $20 to it, rent. It is not. It's like 7 Okay, good. Thank God. Or with a free trial today. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, I was, I wanted to watch Fableman's. Oh. It costs, tw- I have to buy it. You have to buy it. You can't even <laughs> rent it. And we're in Morgantown, so I highly doubt there's anywhere to see it. No. Down here, you got to go to Pittsburgh to watch it. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. It'll, it'll get cheaper as the, uh. It gets closer to Oscar time, hopefully. Because I remember, I remember the week it leading better. up to last year, I watched probably one a night. Oh, okay. I saw, God, it was like yeah. Power of the Dog, Belfast, Coda, Nightmare Alley, and Drive My Car, Dang, all in like the five days wow. prior. You were grinding. I watched Drive My Car the day of the ceremony. Oh wow! I started at like three in the afternoon. I finished at like six thirty. Wow. And then the That's ceremony dedication. was at 7.30. Jeez. I come downstairs and I'm like, whoa, dude, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, drive my car is pretty good. Okay, yeah. decision to leave. All right, that's that's good. I like that. Next on the cinematic odyssey, decision to leave from Park Chan Wook. From Park Chan Wook, who is a filmmaker who's greatly loved from Korea. Woo! And he made a uh, old boy and The Handmaiden, which I still need to see. I need to see both, and I think Revenge for Lady Sympathy. So there we go. But yeah. Decision Get excited. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Woohoo. All right. That's been uh, the Cinematic Odyssey here on United to the Moose. WWVU FM Morgantown 81.7 FM. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, tune in next week again. Uh, we have changed our release time, release date. So we're doing Wednesdays from now on instead of Fridays. That's same, that goes for the on-air as well on the main station, U92 91.7 FM dial. Uh, and our website, U92themoose.com, you can listen to us live um, there from 11 to 12, 11 a.m. Eastern to 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so check us out when you can. You know, if, if you happen to you know not be doing anything, you can catch us live. You'd be the first yeah. ones to listen to the episode. It's pretty cool. Um. So yeah, check us out on there, and obviously on it, all your favorite streaming platforms, whatever you're listening to, we're we're on there as well. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the followers, the loyal, the loyal listeners. Appreciate all of you. You guys are the best. Seriously. Yes, we do. Uh, we love and appreciate uh the support, and you know, just listening to us. I mean, listening to us talk about movies. It's pretty nice. It's nice. Thank you. All right. Well, everybody, have a great rest of your day. Weekend, week, whenever you're watching this, uh, peace out. See you. See you. See you next time.